0: Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget.
1: Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining me this evening. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about the sexual life lessons that we get, like the, the cycles, the changes that we all go through in our lives, uh, with relationships, with um, who we are attracted to. And the reason that I thought I'd focus on this for this week, I got a, a huge shock last week when one of my closest girlfriend's husbands died very unexpectedly. And to put it mildly, uh, they had an amazing relationship. And they did everything together. They, it was um, a second marriage for them both and from the moment that she met him, this, they were together and that was it. They, and it was the thing where, you know, she said, they would say to one another, how in the world did we ever find one another? And there's a part of that that makes me think you know and you know, this was this would have been truly described as an absolute soulmate for her and she the plans that they had were, were amazing they were awesome and they looked at the future the same way they looked at the world the same way which I have to tell you is quite unique but what I really felt was that if, you know, she never took for granted what the love was. She never took for granted his, who he was around her. And it had me start looking at my own uh, sort of travel through into relationship, who and, you know, the life lessons that I learned in going through things that were at the time what one would probably describe as disasters, or I would say at that point, I referred to them as disasters. And for my friend, this is, I, I will be going to spend time with her in about three months, and long time, you know, they be at the house, stay there time because that's when people leave. And one of the things I'm also aware of when you are someone who is young and you lose a spouse, people just there's more people around you and you typically there might be children, but there's many more things going on and I remember a gentleman I was seated beside on a plane coming back from uh, a trip and he had lost his wife very young to cancer and they had had prayer groups. They'd done everything. And he did. he's the one who gave me that observation. And his comment was, because I was younger, I had so much more support. And when I watched my friends who were older or people who were in their church who lost a spouse who were older, he said they did not get that same support. Right now, she has all kinds of support. But this, I will be going to spend time, you know, after two months, three months, people stop coming by, they move on with their lives, and that's when she will need to do it, do that as well. And I said, listen, do you want me there now? And she said, no, I want you here when I need you, when it's, you know, when all of that thing, everything dies down, and I'm really here by myself. Also, in keeping with the how do you deal with changes and deal with things that might be considered um, a setback, I literally have on my monitor in, what do you call that, little the little tape, guys, where you print out the little tapes, and it says a setback is a setup for a comeback. So when people come to me and they're dealing with, you know the ending of a long-term relationship, or knowing that you know they they're going to have to do something. I will often ask them, how, you know, where do they want to see themselves? Where, you know, and and specifically, I'm in in this instance, I'm thinking of the person who is a friend of mine who happens to live on the west coast, married. Uh, children they're all grown though and he knows that his marriage is ending there's no question and he knows that this is something because i and i asked the question on this do you want to be here 10 years from now nope no 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 do you want to be here 5 years from now no 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 question so what about another year and invariably when i ask people when they know that their relationship is done or finished, or you know whether it's through divorce or you know something else, um, you know a a breakup of another nature. They know in their heart of hearts what they need to be doing, and sometimes it's easier to go with the unpleasant known than to go with the unknown. Yet I just truly finished doing a an outline for uh, a course. Some of you may remember I did um, a gentleman who was on by the name of Michael Russer. And Michael and I, uh, Michael created a program called Extraordinary Intimacy. And he sent me uh, some uh, questions earlier this evening. And one of the big things that when people are going through these, upheavals, they have to be honest with themselves about where they want to go. And Michael's a classic example of this. So when I, you know, he, his comment was that he knew his marriage was ending. Now, I see I have a call here. Anna, would you like to put the call on? We can do that. Hello? Hi. Hi. Oh, my goodness me. How are you, darling? Oh, shall oh, I introduce doll. you? Um, well, you, you you certainly may. Um, to dear listeners, this is my twin sister, Dee Dee. Um, <laughs> so, my dear, what part of the life lesson thing, the shock thing? Because <laughs> what, what, what I'm talking about for tonight's show is the life lessons that I got and the changes and how it changed how I looked at relationship. And well, and I'm and and I appreciate that, that. The reality is how we look at how we have missed someone or someone is missing is uh, quite different from how are we handling that sexually. Because this show is about sex with Lou. Hmm. And I'm just, I'm just kind of underlining that with a little, you know, emphasis and a little highlighter. With this, I'm I'm getting to that right now. <laughs> so, okay. And and you know, should I have not been so, you know, abrupt? No, perfect. No, that's it. absolutely because that's what I started with. It's about the life lessons that you get and the sexual life lessons that you get. Because oh, yeah. me, for me, when I looked at this one particular person and many of the times the things that I say in my presentations I have borrowed absolutely from exactly what my own reaction is on something. Oh, oh, oh and, and I think that that's absolute. How else and, are you going to know? Well, you aren't going to know. Well, someone can try and tell you. But I'm going to use an example of a gentleman who I um, had dated and he told me that he so the the life lesson on this thing is don't delay okay and but <sighs> yeah this, and I know who he is yeah so i was i assumed this person said i've met who i want to marry and i'm like okay and it was me and i did not give an answer and what Happened was I didn't say yes or no. So this was two weeks later. We had had our final date. We had gone riding. And I know exactly who you're talking about. Right. And when I, the next day, I get a phone call from a family friend who says to me, Oh, by the way, everyone's talking. So and so and so and so just got engaged. Well, I have to tell you that. That was, I, at that moment, I understood for the first and only time in my life, the electric shock of shock and what it did to my heart. I mean, I thought my heart was going to jump out of my chest. And how could it not? And I remember what, I, I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, what did I do? I didn't answer yet. Let me just say, we have one minute until our break. The important thing that I got out of it is I did listen to my little voice that was not just screaming no, it was wailing oh, no. it was shrieking. It wasn't and, just saying, oh, perhaps you should maybe pass on this. It was saying like, oh, no, no, rethink this in big, big, like big, letters that were, you know, 12,000 feet high. Right, and then what I did is I listened to the little voice and the little voice, what, and the thing that had me say I couldn't do it, I literally could not, and I don't normally talk about myself in my own situations. but I could not <laughs> see myself <laughs> I know, underneath. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I could not see myself underneath this man. Simply could not. Oh, no, 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 that's, that 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 that, that's your that true was, that litmus was test. So oh. on, that, on that happy note, here come the tunes. We will be right back okay. after this break on Sexual Life Lessons.
0: This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com.
2: Shh, listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. Where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network.
0: Have you got kids? Need a little help dealing with your everyday battles? Is it time for you to call in reinforcements? Then join us each week for Mommy Warriors Live as longtime mob bloggers Alyssa Banco and Nicole Perry share their informative and hilarious stories from the front lines of parenthood. Armed with nothing but band-aids, some tissue, and a half-charged cell phone, there's no parenting battle the Mommy Warriors can't solve. Tune in each Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another episode of Mommy Warriors Live. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget.
1: Welcome back, everyone. And just before the break, I had mentioned this, this show is going to be on sexual life lessons. And the one that I said just before the break was that truly, if you cannot see this person touching you, if you cannot see yourself being intimate with this person, and that's important, you know, for you or for them, please don't do it. I watch people do this all the time. And the big thing with that is that if the only reason that you are doing things is because you have the, a, a hidden agenda... Trust me, it's going to jump out and the elephant's going to stomp on you. So that was my life lesson with that person. Then when I looked at, I had, there was another person who in my life was the person who I thought I would marry. I always did. It was just, that was, for me, it was like a foregone conclusion. And I moved to to New York. I was a student. and. He had chosen to, um, things had, in essence, ended between the two of us, and he chose to marry a woman who I didn't find out until I called him literally 15 months later. So my sexual relationship life lesson on this thing is don't delay. If you want to tell someone something, do it now. Waiting will only it, it things sort of like the energy of it dissipates. Now, would my life be very different if I had ended up being in that relationship? No question. But what I also know is that in essence, in our lives, we have two choices. We can make a choice or we can not make a choice. And in not making that choice that then, had me go, hey, okay, maybe I should be looking at creating a relationship for myself. So here's the life lesson and sexual life lesson on this one. Be very careful about what you ask for, because you are much more powerful in your asking than I think people realize. And I... Said, okay, well, then it's time to be married. And in doing that, it was like, boom, things showed up for me. Like my friend who just lost her husband, she was at a point and she said, you know, I am ready to meet someone. And it was literally, it was that fast for her. It was like within a month, she met her husband. And for me, these people showed up and i made a choice but my choice really when we are being raised with relationship and sexuality no one really tells us how to go about doing this and the course that i'm doing with michael russer the extraordinary intimacy part of these things is giving people the the tools to better negotiate their relationships and i always thought that i hadn't uh, fashioned what my relationships were like after my parents.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, I don't know why I thought I was going to get out of that unscathed, a big fat lie. And I remember when um, there was a time when there was a, a show and, and about mother-in-laws and the issues. And I thought my parents didn't have any mother-in-law issues. I don't know what planet I was on, but there were huge mother-in-law issues that In my naivete, I did not even see or or was aware of. But the other, you know, like the the shift and sexual life lessons that I've had is when people have died. So when I went, when my mother died, that had me look at, and I was young, you know. My twin sister and I, we were 22, 23. And that had me start looking at, Why am I here? And it was a very powerful catalyst for, so the person I was in the relationship with, that ended. The person that I thought I would, you know, uh, do business things with, that ended. What it did, so even though it was absolutely shocking and completely unexpected, it really set me on a path of, Looking for things and discovery, and looking for that. And I literally started looking at 23. What are the lessons and what do I need to learn? And then I started looking from a sexual standpoint. There wasn't the information when I was a student in New York that I wanted. So when I, my mother died, and, and then I, you know, had gone to New York a couple of years after that. But when I was there, that was when. I started looking at things are not given to me the way I wanted to see them. So, the mother's death, the other big thing that it did, is that I no longer feared death. So, I didn't worry that going into a relationship or being with someone, um, if it ended, that it was going to be catastrophic for me, because truly, when relationships end, you know, it's the death of that relationship. I never again. Feared death. So that's also why when I moved to Los Angeles, I was able to come and do and be one of the first volunteers on the AIDS ward here at Cedar Sinai because I wasn't worried about death. And people would say, Aren't you worried you're going to get it? And I said, Look, they're not bleeding on me and I'm not having sex with them. But this truly was when people thought. That it's, so this would have been about 1991, where people thought you could get uh, HIV from a mosquito, and which of course you cannot. But when I did that work, that was also the impetus for me to start learning about this and people wanting my my roommate actually wanting me to do presentations about. Safe sex in the area of manual and oral so that they could get the information. Now, these were all girls who were in med school. And she said, But we're not getting the information. And they were wanting to date, they were wanting to do things, but they couldn't find what they wanted. But what they also wanted was they wanted to know about the safety part of things. And for me, that was what I was being schooled in. And so out of AIDS, and HIV infection came my drive. What most people would not think, so the positiveness on the sexual side for me is that I learned ways that people could be sexual without putting them at risk. And truly that was my my big aim when I was a student in New York. One other thing to go back to the two gentlemen that were could have been relationships. Now, one of them, uh, still to this day, uh, is someone who is, is highly sexually attractive to me. The other one, mm, as we said, that's that's not the case. But what I learned was to not live with regret. And I said, from that moment on, I am not going to have the feeling that, uh, that I did something wrong. I did listen to my little voice. I did pay attention. I gave up what would have been a very different life, um, but I wouldn't have had as much of my own control over things. And again, you know, I was at a class this weekend, uh, Arthur uh, Joseph, and he is a gentleman. He does a cook, a course called vocal mastery. And it really is the truth that as he says you know and he's talking about the power of speaking within sexuality and it is the the similarity between if you look at the larynx and look at the cervix they're very similar but what we talked about is how for most people they don't know how to deliver a comment and things to a partner that really will resonate with them the way that so the person will be totally understood. And here's I'll back that up with this. Sometimes people aren't really even aware of how the tone of their voice is delivering something they're not even aware that's being given. Because, and this is a course on, you know, speaking and presentation and hearing, how you hear. And this truly, when I ask people how they talk to their partners, how do you, if, you know, if there's been a problem, a big blow up, how do you ask them? They often will tell me something that they wouldn't be telling their partner. And that makes no sense. Yet we are often scared to tell our partners exactly what we're thinking. We'll tell our friends or tell our gay friends long before we will actually tell our partner. Another thing when when I made the choice of to not marry either of those two gentlemen, well actually both of them kind of made the choice for me, <laughs> or I made the choice by not saying anything. That's really what the story in both those boils down to. What I also learned don't choose a relationship based on what you think you should do. I just happened to have been looking at some online uh, presentations for uh, the Oprah Network. And it was the uh, matchmaker or the person who was putting together the arranged marriages, particularly in India. And I was there last year, uh, just around this time, a little in the beginning of February. And they, you know, the culture is you fall in love afterwards. You choose someone based on, you know, very set parameters and it has a very low divorce rate there, but it's because when you marry, you're not just marrying that your entire family is marrying. Not really that it's different here, but what I looked at is, we have a lot more ability to choose. Now we have 30 seconds until our next break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about choosing and choosing based on just solely the attraction factor, or choosing based on other parameters. Are we being? Are you choosing from a uh, just from a list, or are you choosing based on something else? Please stay with me. I will be right back.
0: Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's holiday happiness booklet, go to heartfilledholidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, Eastern Standard Time on toginet.com.
3: Second chances, we all deserve them, and we are all worthy of them.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Just before the break, I was talking um, of the choices that we make and choosing your relationship and choosing your sexual partner. What parameters do you use? And I will use as an example. There was a at the event that I was at this weekend, and I included many of the things that I'm going to be talking about in my uh, fourth book, The Great Lover Playbook, which is. The couple's book, and this young woman was saying, "Well, I just don't date," and, and she was stunning, and I said, "Why is that?" And she said, "Well, because guys want to have sex on the first date." I said, "Okay," and she said, "It's," she said, "The guys that I would be interested in," and I didn't ask for you know clarification at that moment, but she said, "They, you know, they just expect literally." sex on the first date and if you don't she said they don't call you. And I said, "Well then obviously that's not the one for you, is it?" And she said, "Well, I don't, you know, the the men at my church aren't like that," but she said they they aren't who I would really want. Anyway, she said they're not really good looking. So there was her answer. Her parameter was the looks. And I had a second conversation almost identical to this, with someone who I've known for years, who she used to only date the really good looking guys. And we we finally got to the point where, and now she was sexually very highly attracted to them, but these guys were, you know, it would be just a matter of time before, you know, they would be a big blowout with one tire on the vehicle and everything, you know, all the wheels would come off the relationship as it had been structured. And finally, she said, you know, I'm only looking through this lens. What she wasn't looking at was all of their behaviors. And finally, she and there was one who we really loved to laugh about. We called him the snake. Now, this guy was unbelievably good looking, but he also, as, as you might know, here in Los Angeles, he knew it he was a trainer he had body by god he was yet and i'll tell you if the only thing that you've got is the marketing of your body and what you look like that does have an expiry date on it don't worry so what she started looking at was the more of the value systems underneath it. And this is a bright, bright woman. Yet what she hadn't done is made that a priority when she was choosing. So now she is in a relationship with someone who she never would have thought she'd be in a relationship with based solely on what they look like. Now, people, let me tell you something. The long and the short of someone who is a soul mate is I mean, we're all here to love and be loved, okay? Yet, your soulmate isn't necessarily the person who comes in and, you know, you go like this, oh my God, you know, there's angels, there's hearts, everything's like birds are flying around, with little bows with little ribbons on them. No, what your soulmate is there to do is have you learn about you. So that's why I started tonight was talking about you know, the sexual life lessons I got. You know, if you you can't see yourself underneath them, don't do it. If you haven't gotten back and you, you know, been delaying on it, no one is stopping you from making the decision to make a call or give an answer to something. And when I started looking at why one would choose relationships, there were times I, you know, was in a relationship And when it would end and sometimes they would end badly, but then, you know, ending badly, they're ending. You know, as as an old boyfriend of mine said, people always go like this, Oh, things have ended badly. Well, yeah. Usually if badly is included in the sentence, that's usually why it's ending. But with my you know, these two women and I asked the the woman this weekend who was at the event with me, I said, Do you realize that, that you're cutting off the ability to find others that might and because she was very and she was very good about reading energy that might be your you know, one of your ideal people to learn about you from and it wasn't it had not even landed on top of her head. So um, back to additional life lessons that I got when I was ending, my marriage, it was something I had not put the thoughts into my head. I, let's, let me back this up for a moment. I knew on an emotional level that it was done, uh, that it, there was no going back and that things were over. What I hadn't done was I hadn't said it in my brain. Remember I talked about how powerful your thoughts are? I had not said to myself, this marriage is over. And literally, the moment I did that, bam, it was like this crack of lightning. I, that's about the only way I can describe it. And it was like, it just went through my head. and. The relief that I felt was so profound. And so I watched people who have stayed in these long term relationships, as I spoke about the friend of mine who's here on the West Coast. And I asked, Why are you there? What lessons are you giving your children? And when are you going to take care of your own heart? Because people will often and women do this all the time ladies please 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 do not stay in a relationship just because someone else is going to be upset and above all else do not remain in a relationship because someone says they're going to you know you know self harm or do something excuse me no that is someone who needs therapy not to remain in a relationship so when i ended that marriage I got so many lessons from it that really no one could have taught me. So I knew that I wanted to know more about sex. I started asking all of my friends. I started doing the seminars. I picked my friend Brian's brain for all of the manual and oral techniques and truly in the oral sex category and I have to say I just happened to, you know, have a couple of my uh, books here open on my desk my first book which is called how to be a great lover and that's the techniques and i remember him saying this and it was so true that the you know so out of that life lesson from a sexual standpoint i learned all this stuff that this fabulous man taught me you know who's gay so he gave them he you know gives them receives them was bragged that he was really good i said tell me show me what you do one of the biggest things he talked about was the feeling of being in control sexually, and that was something that, to me, was very appealing. And last week, I had my my guest was Christine Wright, and she spoke of a uh, one of her short stories that she wrote, and it was entitled "The Service." entrance and it was of, of a woman who liked to pay to relate to give oral sex to men and someone said there's no way you could be a woman and write this because that this has to be written by a man well in all actuality i would have to agree with her that for some women being able to give that amount of pleasure and knowing that you're capable of doing that, that is a huge turn-on. And that was one of the things that Brian said to me. He said, look, he said, you, when you are, have a confidence with this, he said, it, it's like no one can take it away from you. You just know you're good at it. So when I ended my next sexual um, life lesson, relationship lesson, Was not being was was choosing and then being told that I wasn't someone's entire package, and I remember thinking to myself, "Wow, I'm only being chosen or not chosen because of in two instances because I was the wrong religion," and I'd never had that happen. So it was, you know, I was always, you know, came from this good family and chosen and the people wanted to be with me. So this, for me, was like so surprising because both of these men were men I was really crazy about, but the one was like, I simply can't, It, it it's, there's no way. Then the other relationships, some women have told me, and I've been told this myself as well. Uh, I adore you. I think you're absolutely fabulous. Um, Everything is right, except you're too smart and you're smarter than I am. So that will make me crazy and I'll be in constant competition with you because then I'll feel like I'm a five-year-old. And I remember thinking, well, it's not an issue for me. Well, it was for this person. So the thing with that is that it made me just say, you know, do not dumb yourself down. Don't do it. You have to be who you are to energetically pull in the right person. So we're coming up to my final break here tonight. And when we come back, I'm going to be talking about things that I've seen recently at the Adult Novelty Show, and I'm going to be going to X-Biz tomorrow, which is the erotic business trade show. I think we are here. We go. Anna, we have the tunes coming in. Please stay with me. I'll be right back after this message.
2: Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success, more stability, more happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen.
0: And there's no stopping us
4: Join host Kaylin Amadio for Act Local, marketing for small business. Kalen helps concerned, confused, and even clueless small business entrepreneurs market simply, safely, and successfully. Join Kalen for some Monday morning marketing madness that will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how. Harnessing the Internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, marketing for your local business, this marketing black belt will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kalen will feature a new tip that you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. Act Local Marketing for Small Business airs every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Rockstar Radio Network.
1: And welcome back to our final segment. Uh, last week, uh, was last week? Mm, yeah, I think so. Uh, I was, oh, pardon me, the week before, I was at the Adult Novelty Show. And one of the things that I look at when I go to the show, and I'm going to be going to Biz tomorrow here in Los Angeles, is I look for what's new, and I look for, What is something that is of a uh, a broader range and of greater appeal to people? For example, one of the things I was going to focus on, after having had Charlie Glickman on as my guest talking about the ultimate uh, guide to uh, prostate pleasure, I wanted to see if there were new prostate toys for men. Because I have, you know, my gay friends ask me, and I'll, I'm like, listen, I'll, I'll get something, but I'm going to need you to be a field researcher for me. In other words, try it. So there is a company called Aneros, A-N-E-R-O-S, and they have truly some of the nicest and best prostate toys. As a matter of fact, there's one called the UFO Sin, and that's like, Euphoric, E-U-P-H-O-S-Y-N, and that's the one that Charlie would recommend. I also then went to a, another company called Tantus. And Tantus is a company created by the woman by the name of Metis Black, and it is strap-on toys for women. That's their main focus. and they have some of the nicest and really very, I, I, and honestly, if, if someone was just wearing this around rather stylish um, uh, leather, why am I thinking corsets? It's not corsets. It's like, hello, have a coffee. It's, I'm going to find it in two seconds here. But their products are outstanding. And they've got, they also have a, a a kit set called Bend Over uh, Beginner. And that comes from the Bend Over Boyfriend series. It's the harness kits. So that's what I'm trying to remember the name of. But they also have, they're called Amazon. They're they are black leather. It's called Nevada. They've got the most beautiful detailing work on it. And it is something that is a, a growing area of interest, you know, for women and for men. So anyone who is interested in that, look for Tantus, that's T-A-N-T-U-S. And I must admit, one of the first times that I ever went to a the Adult Novelty Trade Show, I ran into a gentleman by the name of uh, Tom Stewart. And some of you may have heard me speak of him. Tom is a former marine helicopter pilot who, when I saw him standing there, this is like 10 years ago, 11 years ago, he's in a suit with a buzz cut, and I'm wearing a suit. So the two of us, to put it mildly, stuck out a bit like sore thumbs. But he had some of the best products and the best stories, and that's also why when... I do any product that I bring to presentations, I always try and bring something from Sports Sheets because they are the Vanilla Kink line. And they have a new line of satin and lace products. I'm wanting to use some of those when I'm I'm doing a speaking presentation next month in Montreal. And I'm wanting to bring that in too. There's also another company called Bubble Love. Brand new. Has just um, just coming onto the market, and what this product is is so you can go to BubbleLove.com. Truly, this is the use of water with a toy—the way that many women would use jacuzzi um, jets or use the um, the neck of the shower, the little uh, what do you call those the Why am I drawing a blank on that? You know what I mean. Come on. Um, So that is something that it can then be used in the actual tub. And this product has literally just launched. It hasn't come to market yet, but you should be able to find it on a thing called bubblelove.com. And then I also went to – there's another company that I love their products – called Vibratex, and they will be having products coming out. The woman who is, her mother was the founder of the company, and Shay has named, and her friends don't know this yet, but Shay has named these new vibrators called The Girls after her three best girlfriends. And they are so cute. They're absolutely fabulous. And they've got, they're small, now the beauty of the products from Vibratex, Japanese motor, Jap- and, and well-manufactured, silicone-grade, and they are the group also, if any of you have ever bought a Hitachi Magic Wand or if any of you have ever had a rabbit pearl, that's Vibratex for you. So take a look. Um, just look online. You can look on um, Amazon, and you should be able to find what uh, – when they're coming out and when they're going to be available. One thing I will tell you when you're looking at toys, check the manufacturer and check the actually look at the quality of the manufacturing because some of these things are not manufactured well.
3: There's a whole
1: line that's coming out that Cal Exotics is doing with Coco. And, you know, they show her choosing them, uh, looking at what she would like to market. And honestly, I'll just give you a little insider information here. They are products that are often, they're products from before, but they give a new name and repackage it. So be, you know, as I say to people, be an informed consumer. And when I first started going to the stores to look at product and to buy product, I remember the, um, going with a friend of mine and we were going to write a script on walking into a store with a partner and their reaction. And honestly, it was based on an old boyfriend of mine who had said, you know, I, we were sort of hanging out and I said, I said, well, why don't we go to, at the time it was called the Love Boutique here in Los Angeles. And he goes, you would want to go? And I went, sure, well, let's go. And he ran around, he got the address, and you know, this is pre-internet, so you know, he had to actually get a book and look at it. <laughs> and then we get to the door. So, this is, so when I tell people about products, I'm trying to give them information so they feel comfortable, so they and their partner you know, are not overwhelmed by stuff. Because I have to tell you, there's a lot of stuff out there. And sometimes people just are not comfortable going into a store. They want to buy it a little more privately online. So anyways, we get get to the door, and he's in front of me. And all of a sudden, he whips around in the front of the door, and he goes, I can't believe you're doing this. I said, me? I said, you know, you said you wanted to go. He goes, I know, but I can't believe you said yes. I said, well, you had to know I'd say yes. (laughs) And we got in there. We were not there more than three minutes when we had to leave because his stomach was upset. He gotten himself so nervous. Well, I was just asking questions, and I said, "Where? How would you use this vibrator?" Well, I thought he acted like he wanted the floor to swallow him up. Now, this was a guy who was totally into wanting to try things and do things, but this was just too much for him. So, when I went in with my friend, I wrote this short script based on that experience because I know even though people say they are interested. Sometimes when push, you know, when they get to that point, it's too much. So be careful with that. Um, also, another product that has just been released again is the we Vibe 4. Now, that is a product that is from uh, the people who created it. The Murchisons are in um, Ontario area, and they created it based on his wife saying to him when they were talking about toys, why isn't there something for couples? And he created this. He comes from an engineering background and they created WeVibe 1, 2, 3, 4 and a whole line of products based on his electronic background. Now there's also, when I was at the show uh, two weeks ago, there's also a company called REVEL, REVEL, R-E-V-E-L, REVEL, and it is a ex, almost exactly the same kind of idea that was behind WeVibe, and it's new, it's just coming out. The gentleman who created his name is Robin Alenga, and he works with what they call disruptive technologies, meaning new technologies that are going to overtake or take over other things. And instead of a vibrator that uses the weight of like a magnet and a weighted thing to cause the um, vibration, this is the based on the sonic linear vibe toothbrush. And that is, I mean... That was something, I would not seen this. I'm going to be speaking to him. I have to tell you, I like when I see someone who comes from a background of the, what he, you know, the expertise that he has that was toothbrushes, which, by the way, sex and toothbrushes actually do go together for many people because he said that's what people were saying. It's like, you know, they're using it as their vibe, but also the gentleman who is behind uh, the company Jimmy Jane, he had and said he was an uh, industrial designer and he said if I had to design one more toothbrush, I was going to kill myself. <laughs> and then he took his expertise with his partner and it was a dinnertime conversation that literally had him get into creating the Jimmy Jane vibes. So... Everyone, I thank you for being with me tonight. If you want, give yourself, you know, the sort of like do your own little personal review of what have you learned, and what life lessons did you take out of things that look like disasters, or that you learned. And when you go back and look at the look at the things that were the good things, you got out of it. Don't focus on. I don't want that. Focus on what you that was good. That gave you something that you went forward with. Like I know, be careful what you ask for. I am well aware of this. Thank you, everyone. Have a lovely day, and I'll speak with you next week. Bye for now,
0: Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health: our sexual health. Join Lou Paget.